Uh, Brian's already given us some uh, survey results. I've got some more for you. The surveys are in and they tell us more, particularly about young people and their sense of a feeling of a lack of purpose in life and little meaning in existence <coughs> these days. So the surveys are in and they say this. This is the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD. And they do a, a global survey that includes specifically people in the 15-year-old bracket. And uh, back in 2018, they, they did their survey and the, the results were published at the end of 2019. Look at that. UK 15-year-olds ranked third from the bottom of the list of 72 nations when asked if they, sent hats, if they had a sense of purpose and meaning in life. Now, overall, Globally, they saw a 5% reduction in that age range, feeling they had a sense of purpose and meaning in life. So the previous survey was 2015, so over the course of three years there had been this dip, this sense of a loss of being satisfied with life. Now, let me give you what The Guardian said about this when they were commenting on the results as they were published. Interestingly, they picked up on the education aspect of the questions that were asked of 15-year-olds and seemed to just bypass this issue of uh, a sense of purposelessness and you know, meaning in life. Maybe because it's too difficult to get into that. Educational matters are easier to get into and, and batter the heads of the government over it. But The Guardian said this, British children ranked next to last among those agreeing that my life has clear meaning and purpose. While the UK was alone in Europe in having more than half of its children reporting that they regularly felt sad. 52% of the 15 year olds in 2018 that were surveyed as part of this said they felt sad regularly. Interesting as well if you do have any interest at all to go and look at this later. It's religious countries that feature at the top of the list people who have a sense of purpose and meaning. Top of the list is Catholic Panama, and then there's Muslim Albania. And it's secular countries. Now secular uh, means that it's not connected with religious or spiritual matters. So that's been jettisoned from our thinking. The UK <coughs> is a secular country. Let's not kid ourselves anymore. It's a secular country. And other secular countries are there with the UK at the bottom of the list in terms of 15-year-olds feeling a lack of purpose and no satisfaction in their life. YouGov were tasked by Bernardo's to do a survey as well, just to find out the attitudes of young people. And 50% of the children that they ask questions of say they're worse off than their parents were at the same stage in life. So in a generation... People are saying, oh, we're worse off. There were only 14% of respondents who said they felt life was better. <clears throat> That's a serious figure to consider. We know the struggle today, younger people are no longer in that bracket. Uh, but we know the struggle it is for you coming through and you study. And you don't often seem to step into the work that you've studied for. There's the struggle also... Um, to get onto the housing market ladder these days. And you put that alongside this sense that Brian's already shared with us, that, well, humanity might be extinct in the next couple of decades. 
You put all that together and it sort of sucks a lot of the enjoyment out of life. The British Social Attitude Survey, again in 2018, the last time this was done, this is interesting, 52 of the respondents in the UK said they're now totally unreligious. Now that was quite a jump from the previous time it happened when it was in the high 30% region. Look at what the British Attitude Survey themselves say and comment about that. In this year's British Social Attitudes Report, we see a continuation of one of the most important trends in post-war history. The steady decline in religion and belief among the British public. This decline is not simply a private matter for individuals and families, but rather a trend with profound implications for our social norms as well as our public institutions. <coughs> That's very observant of them. They say it's important, but they see that it's not just a private thing, which is how it's often put out there, but what is decided by the individual has an impact on social norms and public institutions. So we've got this sense, I think, from the, the various surveys we've consulted recently, that there is this sense of purposelessness and a lack of meaning in life that has come in mainly for the younger generation. What are the reasons for this? Naturalism and relativism. Now, there are other isms out there that I could have put on, but we don't have the time. Naturalism is that thinking that has prevailed in science now for over 100 years, that everything has come around and about uh, through natural processes and through natural causes. There is no room anymore in scientific thinking uh, for supernatural or for spiritual um, explanations. They're completely excluded and discounted. So you're going through an education system. I went through the education system and this was the paradigm. This is what you were confronted with. Now, that concludes, naturalism concludes by its very nature that there is no purpose or meaning to our existence because everything was a great big cosmic accident and from nothing everything just is there's no purpose and meaning to it this is what Steven Weinberg the Nobel laureate in the physics arena said the more the universe seems comprehensible that does mean that we know more about the universe now than we ever have done so science does take us deeper into it the more the universe seems comprehensible the more it seems pointless what a place to end up. So you have these powers of exploration, but yet it just seems to suck any enjoyment out of what's, what's life really all about. Relativism. What is relativism? Relativism is this thinking that there is no absolute um, truth or set of morality principles out there. So what, what you think is right is equally as valid as what I think is right. Now, that flows out of this naturalism, doesn't it? Because if there's no purpose and there's no meaning, then you end up with this thing, well, I can believe whatever I like, and you can believe whatever you like. And today everybody says, well, we should get on and just accept that everybody accepts whatever they want to believe is true. But we know that doesn't work. And then you're a young person growing up in that environment where you're told, really, there isn't any truth. What's that going to do to your mind? and your sense of purposelessness 
is just going to be overwhelming. I, I suggest the way scientific endeavour has gone and the philosophies that flow out of that, I'm not saying they've just appeared on the horizon and they've come at us uh, rapidly. They've been around for a long time. But in the recent past, they really have taken control of our thinking. It sucks this enjoyment out of life. It results in fear. Humanity, all of us, we know that life continues. It's relentless cycle with little change, even with advances in technology and scientific discovery. We're born and we die. And in between, there's all sorts of stuff. Life is difficult to make sense of. From the oldest to the youngest in the room, life is difficult to understand. Life doesn't really seem to improve that much. The pursuit of wealth and knowledge and career and status and pleasure really have little meaning when we're staring death in the face. And we're forgotten very quickly once we're gone. Hopeless. No meaning. Purposelessness. You know, the Bible speaks right into this. The book of Ecclesiastes, one of the most difficult uh, books in our Bibles to get into and say, well, what is going on here? Um, is there for this very reason. Because we're told there by the teacher that the pursuit of wealth, knowledge, career, status and pleasure without reference to God is this. It's meaningless, meaningless. This is the New International Versions. Uh, translation. Not only that, it's utterly meaningless. That's meaningless, meaningless twice, which just emphasizes the thing. So it's completely meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And actually later it says everything under the sun is meaningless. This is how the teacher starts and then goes on to explain how he's come to this conclusion. But actually, we need to be careful with our interpretation of the word meaningless or heaven in the Hebrew because it, it's not a conclusion. It doesn't mean there's no meaning. It's a very difficult word to translate that actually has something else to it. It means that really life is difficult to grasp. It's like smoke. You see smoke and uh, it seems to have substance but when you get close to it and you would almost take hold of it then you realize there's nothing. That's what the writer, the contributor to the scriptures in the book of Ecclesiastes is telling us. That what seems to have substance, when we get close to it, actually it doesn't. That seems to be a repeated thing through life. And it's made all the worse if God has no part in our thinking. Now we've already thought about people saying that they're totally unreligious. And the problems that that brings. Life is difficult to make sense of. It is. Leave God out of our lives and we struggle all the more to grasp what life might be about. So, we get to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. And here's a sort of summary statement. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Why does the teacher speak to the young people? Because here the teacher is saying, look, if you grasp this when you're young, and you remember that you were created by a creator 
which brings all sorts of implications to you instantly. I.e., that if somebody made something, they've made it with an intention. And if you have been made, the maker of you has done that with intention. There's purpose and there's meaning. Remember, you're creative in the days of your youth. Get that. And you can hold on to that. And you can take hold of that through life. The Bible tells us that we are created for God's glory. It takes us back to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. We've already been there. Humanity created in the image of God for his glory. To do what? To rule over this creation that we're part of on his behalf. So we get delegated authority. There's nothing that brings fulfillment than you know what it is that you're to do with your life. Anybody who's in the workplace or you're given a task at school or college or whatever it is, you're not told what to do, you feel, well, what's the point? But once you, you know what it is you're going at, then you get to it. Secondly, God made us in his image that we might interact relationally with him and with one another in meaningful ways. We're looking at a society now which is so individualistic that we've, we're ripping that out. And the third thing is that God intended for us to work meaningfully in this creation. Brian's already taken us to uh, Genesis 2, 15. He put the man in the garden that he would take care of it. Purposeful work without pain and suffering. But that would soon be shattered because those first humans would turn away from God. Uh, we don't need God. We turn away from God and that's sin. And all of the brokenness and frustration, death, judgment that comes as a consequence. So remember your creator in the days of your youth. That brings some purpose and meaning. And then just really towards the end of the book of Ecclesiastes we get this. And this is for all of us. And I must say that if, uh, if you're an older person and you've not remembered your creator from the days of your youth, you can start now. It doesn't just apply to young people. But this applies to us all. Here's the summary statement of the man who has tried to pursue all sorts of meaning and purpose in life and finds that there's never anything to hold on to. It's all meaningless. He says, this is the summary. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Oh, I don't like that. I've been told what to do. Actually, I've been told what to do by the God who made it all brings you into the greatest of fulfillment for God will bring every deed into judgment that's important as well God has said that he will judge us for all that we do and all that we don't do including every hidden thing whether it be good or evil so here's the antidote that helps us preserve this sense of um, purposeless sorry to preserve the sense of purpose and meaning in life is to remember that we've been made by a gloriously good God with a purpose and meaning. And he tells us all about that in here. And he instructs us, revere him, honour him, and keep his commandments, do that which he has said. And that gives us purpose and meaning in life. Jesus himself stepped into humanity. Here is God the Son stepping into humanity to bring God's purpose to us. And he says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Christian's life, somebody who's trusting in who God is and what God has done for them, steps into a life with him, with all sorts of purpose and meaning. And we can share that. I'm going to share Brian's encouragement again. We can share that with people who have a sense of hopelessness. What's my life all about? <laughs> See what God has to say about it. And then this, Ephesians 2, famous verses from verse 8 through to verse 10, verse 8 says, We're saved by faith, 
and that's the gift of God. And then it goes on to say why God has done that. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has already given us a life to step into. And he tells us all about it here. It's in here. God in his grace has given us his word. Fear God and keep his commandments. Do you notice in this, we're created in Christ Jesus to, good, to do good works? In the beginning, the creation was good. It was very good. We turned away from God. We don't need God anymore. We see that every single day. But God comes and he says, look, I'll start over again with you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. God is starting his new creation work. And it's going to be completed with a new heavens and a new earth. But he starts with us. And he says, let's go back to how it was in Eden. And you live doing the things that I say are the best things you can possibly imagine and live that life out. That's preserving a sense of purpose and meaning. Starts when we're young. That's why youth work is so important. Now, I'm going to 